1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whalen, and I'm going to be your host for the next hour. Uh, This is episode 88 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, the Chris Higgins edition, because he wore 88 for a brief period of time. (laughs) And I'm pleased to be joined, as always, by the Christopher Higgins to my Brandon Davidson. Remember him? (laughs) Mr. Rick Stevens. How are you on this fine day, Rick?
2: Well, I didn't know Chris Higgins was coming, but I have a a, a number twenty one yeah. Chris Higgins uh, shirt uh, somewhere in the, in the closet. Uh, not not a Carbono, not a uh, Gianta. Yeah. I have a Chris Higgins. Um, Brandon Davidson, though, um, you know, as you said, you remember him. If you blink <laughs> fast. Um, yeah. We, we kind of forget that that he was he was the guy that came back uh, in the trade uh, to the Edmonton Oilers uh, when the Canadians finally um, <laughs> sent uh, David Darnay off uh, to make some room. Yeah, um, and and it wasn't so much about who came back or what came back or how he played when he came back. It was just finally clearing that spot um, and uh, and shipping David Darnay out um and it was you know it was as i said it was short lived it was the the twenty seventeen trade deadline uh where he arrived and uh by december the the Habs had uh placed him on waivers and uh and after being a healthy scratch for five games and and then he was claimed uh, uh by edmonton and uh and went back there and and the only thing I remember about that is you could not wipe the smile off of Brandon Davidson's <laughs> face when he was was interviewed in Edmonton. He was, for whatever reason, so happy to be out of Montreal.
1: Yeah. I mean, I honestly, um, it's one of those times, and I think Nikita Nesterov is also in this mix for me, where it's just like I completely just wiped it from my mind that he was a Montreal Canadian for such a, a short period of time. So, uh, But yeah, we'll get a Brandon Davidson mention in there. And uh, Chris Higgins, because I did not know until just today that he wore number 88 for a almost shorter period of time. Uh, <laughs> but Rick, <laughs> boy oh boy, do we have a show today? Because the Canadiens' owner Jeff Molson spoke via conference call this week, and he touched on a variety of different subjects, including the rumor that we touched on last week from Ray Jean Tremblay that the Canadiens might be appointing a president of hockey operations. Um, well, Jeff Molson denied that uh, and touched on a variety of different subjects. As I said, we're going to be getting to all of that in segment two and devoting quite a significant amount of time to it because there is a lot to unpack there. Uh, but, Rick, before we get to any of that, uh, we do have some really interesting pieces of news to pass along here in this first segment. Um And we'll start with one that we we sort of touched on this last week um, with respect to Alexis Lafreniere. So we'll just mention this, that he was named CHL's Player of the Year. Uh, This comes after last week where he was named Prospect of the Year. So a lot of the things that we said about Alexis Lafreniere last week are still going to apply this week. Um, Nonetheless, congratulations to Alexis Lafreniere. Another feather in his cap.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. And, uh, just piling up the awards as you'd expect, uh, for the, yep. the top prospect, uh, in the CCHL seems like he's been pitted against Marco Rossi in, uh, in, in a lot of those. And, uh, and he's won two of the three, I think, uh, if I'm counting, yeah. um, if, if, if you haven't been counting, you might want to go to ahl. report or AHLReport.com and, and, uh, take a look at the, Uh, the, the, the rundown of all the CHL awards as, as we're, we're, um, uh, compiling this information in preparation for the draft. And Mike Rashel has got a couple of, well, he's got a whole series of articles out about the, uh, the awards, but it's not only the award winner. He breaks down the seasons of each of the nominees and, uh, and that'll get you a real set for the the draft coming up.
1: And we're going to touch on what the draft, I mean, potentially, uh, could look like Uh, we talked about the NFL draft a little while ago we're going to talk about the MLB draft in a little bit but before we get there speaking of hardware of trophies of awards uh, the Montreal Canadiens nominee for this year's Bill Masterton trophy which uh, is awarded every year for the player that best uh, you know exemplifies perseverance sportsmanship and dedication to hockey Um, this year their nominee is Shea Weber and I can't think of somebody that uh, better exemplifies all of those things than the Canadians captain. Uh, of course, I mean, you you can't not think of Shea Weber and think of all the things that he's had to overcome since coming to the Montreal Canadiens uh, with the knee injuries and, and certainly a well-deserved nomination for the Canadians captain.
2: Absolute, absolutely. Um, 15 goals, 21 assists, 36 points. 65 games Um, and you're right at perseverance that that describes Shea Weber Um, and um, I think a a really strong nominee the interesting you know you think who else would that apply to on the Montreal Canadiens and it was interesting for me to see and this is voted on by the uh, professional writers uh, hockey writers um, that the runner-up as nominee for the Montreal Canadiens was Carl Alsner um, wow and yeah well yeah that that's fascinating <laughs> and and given what he's been through um not a bad choice either, but you just uh, the, given the the infrequent number of, g- of games that he played uh yeah. for the canadians it's a it's an interesting um, interesting number of votes for him four games he played uh this year for the Canadians, of course the rest with laval and and he played very well for Laval. Uh, and and mentored uh, the uh, the younger players but um, interesting uh, very interesting that that he got yeah. some votes
1: <laughs> you really wouldn't think that but I mean you, you look at a Carl Alsner and you just think of the fantastic attitude that he brings uh, to wherever he's playing um, whether it be in the AHL or the NHL in those four games um, but yeah and and thinking of of a- across the NHL uh, just I think worth a mention is the fact that in Ottawa, the nominee for the senators is Bobby Ryan. And I think that that's really cool because we remember back Mm. to that game in February, we talked about this on the podcast. That was a very emotional night for Bobby Ryan. So uh, worth mentioning there as well, that Bobby Ryan is a nominee and and very well-deserved on on his end as well, given the things that he has overcome uh, in his own life. Um, But Rick uh, shifting gears here, because in the midst of this pandemic pandemic, you know we 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 look for really nice fun stories cool stories and and one came out this week um that Carrie Price and his wife Angela are expecting a third child, which is fantastic news, and should exclusively be met with nothing but congratulations and and positive feelings um unfortunately though um not everyone reacted that way for some reason. <laughs>
2: I, 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 frankly, I don't understand it. There was, there were, well, and I, I guess I should understand it because it doesn't matter what Kerry Price does for this organization. <laughs> He's met with criticism. Um, and there was a lot of Kerry Price haters out there bashing him uh, for not having his focus on the, on the ice uh, for having his focus on his family, which seems uh, uh, bizarre um, to yep. say the least. Uh, but um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah enough said about that it, it was uh, it was very disturbing um and so congratulations to Carrie and Angela and and uh, the two two little girls Liv and Millie and uh yeah the other there was also uh baby news it was uh there was a gender reveal uh on uh Instagram yeah. for Nikita <laughs> Sherback and uh his wife Lori and and uh, the the video um, done at Mount Gabrielle, I think um, was, uh, was hilarious. And uh, they're, they're expecting their first child who, um, well, I'll I'll be the spoiler here. Uh, they're going to have a boy.
1: Yeah. It's fantastic news. And going back to the conversation about Carrie price as well. I mean, like, especially now in this pandemic, anybody that is reacting negatively to somebody bringing a child into the world, I mean, Come on, this is, they've lost the plot at this point because this is what this pandemic has taught us is that sports, and, and we talk about hockey here for an hour every Saturday. We love sports, but it's secondary. Family comes first and foremost, and Carrie Price bringing another, uh, another family member into the world with his wife, Angela, that's fantastic news. Nikita Sherback bringing, having his first child and it being a boy, that is fantastic news. So uh, yeah, great to hear these stories coming out uh, this week. Um, so Rick, Before we get to the continuing impact of COVID-19, the coronavirus, um, and the return to play um, phases, we are currently in phase two, by the way. We'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, Before we get there, I think it's important to mention that there was a report, and and we'll just mention this in in sort of in passing before we get to phase two and three. Um, Jake Gensel could be in the lineup for the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's actually expected to be in the lineup for the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, in that play-in qualification round series against the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, that would not be uh, very good news for the Montreal Canadiens to have a Pittsburgh Penguins team getting back a very impactful forward. So um, that, that's something to note as we move forward here with the phases of the return to uh, return-to-play plan, I should say.
2: Well, um, you know, there's been a lot of conversation about uh the Canadians and who's going to score for the Canadians and and we have Thomas Tatar, we have Brennan Gallagher, um, but unfortunately they play on the, the same line and and uh, where's the rest of the scoring going to come from and will, you know, if if uh the Penguins shut down that that top line of the Canadians Uh, Where is it going to come from? When you look on the other side, um, boy, they got lots of choices. (laughs) Um, And uh, Jake Gunsel was having a great year, 43 points in 39 games, Uh, 20 of those goals. um, He, uh, you know, um, he would be a a dangerous uh, weapon. And it sounds like he will be a dangerous weapon for, for the Penguins um he says uh um, he feels better and better every day he's following the protocol and uh, expects to be ready in time for the uh for the series so um that's uh that's a big boost to the penguins who you know despite the talk about the canadians injuries the penguins were the number one team um who yes. were impacted by injuries this past season
1: yes and man, they just went and they got Jason Zucker as well. So, I mean, this team is, they they are not short on weapons up front. So this is a, could be a very, uh, a very dangerous opponent in that qualification round play in series for the Montreal Canadiens. But Rick, as I said, we are currently in phase two of the NHL's return to play program uh, plan, uh, I should say, which uh, is, is small group workouts and we're we've got a date for uh, for phase three of this plan, which is the training camps. And it looks like training camps are going to open July the 10th. So uh, very much moving along pretty quickly in this return to play.
2: It's uh, for the Canadians. Um, um, the beginning of phase two, which started this week was rather uneventful with only a couple of, yeah. of, of uh, players uh, in town. It was um uh, You know, the the ice wasn't even in yet at um, Broussard for them to get underway. Um, And it was reported that um, only five of 24 uh, teams skated on Monday when it opened. Uh, Edmonton was one. The the Leafs were the other. Um, The Leafs, though, um, completely opposite uh, to the the Canadians as far as phase two goes because uh, 20 of their players skated in the first week um so uh you know that's going to be interesting that that they're going to have it, uh, getting people on the ice and but it's also the even though it's in small groups six at a time um uh the camaraderie of of five or six yeah. weeks before the training camp begins and and uh it's you know that that we'll see that that might have a a leg up um we just don't know it's but it's just uh, players getting on the ice, working out the kinks, um, and, and getting their rhythm back, uh, but also uh, associating with uh, some of their teammates.
1: Yeah, and I would say even that, just being in that environment, that familiar environment, even amongst a small group of teammates, that in and of itself, I think, is an advantage to be in that environment uh, at least for a small group workout. So that's, that is definitely something to consider going forward and the advantage that it could present to some of these teams. Um, So Rick, of course, one thing that we've been monitoring in the last little while is the fact that there will be two hub cities for the NHL's return to play. Um, We found out that Las Vegas is, is going to be one of them. Um, There was the Las Vegas review journal uh, putting out a story saying that Vegas will be confirmed as a hub for the Stanley Cup playoffs by June 22nd. Uh, the NHL would like the other hub city to be in Canada. And Toronto is still in the mix for that. Um, but there's still some things that need to be ironed out a little bit.
2: Yeah, a couple of announcements on, on uh, phase three. One was uh, the, the, the date in July 10th. That was kind of firmed yeah. up. Uh, and the other was, uh, as you said, about the the, the the hub city, the league and, and, and it seems players are, are along with it too that uh, they've wanted Vegas and and uh, it's now confirmed. Um, we had We had talked last week about whether there would be any Canadian teams, uh, and we know that the league would like there to be um, just from the the optics standpoint. Um, yeah. But whether whether the, the closure of the border and the uh, and the 14 day quarantine, uh, whether, um, you know, that would that would put the kibosh on having any hub cities in Canada. But and and it, sent, it was sounding pretty pessimistic last week, but that's kind of turned around. It, uh, and there's been hints that uh, the discussions and negotiations with the federal government has been going uh, pretty well. So some of those restrictions should come off or maybe um they will get uh nhl players will get special exemptions uh given that that they're um likely to be in a bubble of sorts um and there was also a lot of discussion on what that bubble would look like um yeah and i know that the nba players i I don't think that they're allowing wives and girlfriends um initially and, and and that's been the the case uh, that's been the discussion for the, the NHL families is, is who's going to be allowed. And am I going to have to be away from um, uh, my family for three months or whatever? Um, And the other part of it is, is, is this is my life for three months going to be between the hotel and the rink hotel to rink uh, to stay in that bubble. And um, some interesting uh, discussions I thought um that they're they're uh looking at essentially buying the services of a restaurant for those 3 <laughs> months that that restaurant whether it's in Vegas or Toronto or wherever um is uh, is going to be theirs and all theirs um <laughs> now th- that's it's a great idea it's got to yeah. be incredibly expensive incredibly expensive yeah. to do that <laughs> Uh, they've talked about golf trips uh, for for the players, and kind of um, you know reserving a golf course. Um, all of this all of this is is interesting, but at some point between the the costs of the the testing, the costs of the uh, you know uh, sanitizing uh, the buildings, um, and, and uh, which Jeff Molson said he'll just pay, if, but. You know, um, uh, it's it's. Is it worth it? At some point, somebody's got to ask the question: Is it worth it? And I thought it was really fascinating. Heard an interview by De- Devin Dubnik, and and he said, um, "Listen, um, we we keep saying this, but it but apparently the message is not not getting out. Uh, the players haven't haven't agreed to play this season." He said, "I want to be very firm on that. The players have not agreed to play. They have only agreed to a format if we play yeah. and I thought that was was uh was very interesting and and devin dubnik is one of the uh the player reps player rep for the wild who's been very involved in this uh so he should know so um there's a lot of things that have to happen um including some sort of cost benefit- an- analysis before." this whole thing gets underway
1: yeah and i think yeah uh, a lot of people might start putting the cart before the horse here on this with the resumption of play because there's been so much that's been said about not only hockey but basketball and and there's just you have to think about what you're asking these athletes to do number 1 i think that that has to be first and foremost you have to think about that and i you know, we we've talked about and, and you mentioned what is the like the financial situation for all of this? How is this like, is it really worth it? And I think these are important questions going forward. And yeah, it's it's like we like Devin Dubnik said, it's, it's not been set in stone yet. We've agreed to a format, haven't necessarily agreed to play. Um, so, yeah. And, and I think one of the things you mentioned testing, one of the things that is going to be really interesting, Going forward, and we talked a little bit about this last week when a Pittsburgh Penguin tested positive for the coronavirus. This week, we found out a Boston Bruin had tested positive for the coronavirus, and it has since been announced that he had two subsequent tests and both came back negative. Uh, The player remains asymptomatic, so good news in that there have been two tests since and he's tested negative but how many of these is it going to take until we start to have this conversation about whether or not it's worth it?
2: Um, there, there was a couple of things. The the, uh, the press release was pretty short and sweet, but there was a yeah. few things that I thought were interesting in that. Um, it said um, that, that the Boston Bruins are attempting to be with the NHL transparent. However, we will provide no further information <laughs> at this time. <laughs>
1: Which, yeah, <laughs> that, immediate <does> that, contradiction.
2: <laughs> that doesn't go together. And yeah. <laughs> um, if if you're being transparent, who is it? Yeah. Who is it? Um, have any uh, of the uh, the the players been identified? No, I, I know there was no. one uh, in uh, one Ottawa Center that was identified via a European connection. Uh, but not not by the team. So we've, we now have uh, 10 NHLers who have tested positive. One Bruin, yeah. one Penguin, three Avalanche, and five Senators. Um, the other uh, uh, thing in there is, that I found was interesting, it says the player remains asymptomatic. So has been asymptomatic through this whole thing while they've had it. And that reinforces. Yeah. Um, I know there was some conflicting information that comes out, but the 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 research is that asymptomatic uh, p- uh, people who have the virus are highly infectious. Um, and the vast and uh, that goes along with the vast majority of players have not been tested. Um, how many have been tested? Maybe that's being transparent, but only the ones who have returned to the facilities have as i understand it have been tested um so you know there's all of these uh precautions and protocols and all of that sort of thing and it still may not be enough as devin Dubnik said it's still, it still this still might not be possible
1: yeah well as we said we're going to keep monitoring this going forward because it is certainly a, a lot of questions that still need to be answered uh, with regards to the return to play uh but rick as i said Um, earlier in this segment, I touched on the fact that we'd be touching on a potential template for this year's NHL entry draft, which is the MLB draft, which happens every year in and around this time and actually happens in sort of a similar format to what actually happened earlier this week. So because the MLB does their draft season in the early part of their season, there is not this big, it's not a big event where you have all the general managers and front offices sitting in a room, sitting in an arena, whatever, with, uh, you know, all of all of the hockey, or all of the decision makers, rather, I mean, uh, in, in the room. Um, this year's MLB draft was condensed, I should say, from 40 rounds to five rounds, and that is the major difference here. But they sort of did it the same way they always do. There was just less people involved in in, in both of the studios that they were operating in. So they had a host and two analysts in one studio. And then for round one, they had the commissioner, Rob Manfred, uh, in another studio announcing the selections that were being made by the teams. And they were all, all the front offices were doing Zoom calls and doing it all remotely And yeah, I think that this would be a very interesting way for the NHL to think about when they do their draft. I mean, you could have Gary Bettman like Roger Goodell in his home, uh, sat down (laughs) announcing all of the picks or stood up or whatever, eating candy, all of those things. Uh, (laughs) But you could also do it the way that the MLB has done it every year, which is, I I think now with sort of you know you can you you have the three guys in the studio social distancing you have the commissioner or whoever it is uh, in, in round two uh, rounds two through five uh, MLB play-by-play voice Matt Vasgersian was doing the announcement of of the players getting selected so it could really at that point be whoever you you would like it to be after Gary Bettman does presumably does round one but regardless I think that this provides another template for what the NHL draft could potentially look like if they're going to take notes from the MLB.
2: Yeah. And uh, this is, um, we know that they're, they're sharing information. All of the leagues are sharing information, picking each other's brain and and trying to come up with something that's going to uh, engage fans and, and, uh, and yet try to honor the, um spirit and the integrity of of the existing rules um mlb draft was was interesting for me i've I've said i'm a casual baseball fan you're you're far more um engaged in it than than i am so um i'll i'll bow to you there uh but from a detroit tigers perspective uh which i have been a fan i thought the the tigers did pretty well picking first overall with uh the infielder Spencer Torkelson um, and getting a catcher Dylan Dingler in the, in the second round. Um, I, I, the, the other thing I just wanted to mention here is uh, the, um, the growth of baseball Canada. And uh, yeah. I have a particular interest cause my, my uh, nephew's, a, you know, maybe a couple of years away. Um, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, he's a very accomplished uh, young baseball player. Uh, but you had uh, uh, the highest pick, I think. And like I said, I didn't follow this uh, as carefully as, as as you might have. But uh, San Diego picked up Owen Casey uh, from Burlington yeah. in the second round. Um, you had Trey Cruz um, uh, that again, taking a shortstop, taken by the the Detroit Tigers. David Calabrese going to the Angels in the third round. Uh, he's from Maple Ontario. Uh, Jordan Gu from Ottawa uh, in the third round, and Logan Hoffman in the fifth round, and he's from uh, Munster, Saskatchewan. So uh, good on Baseball Canada uh, for doing such a good job, um, and uh, seeing those young Canadian boys uh, get drafted.
1: Absolutely, and I mean, that's the one thing, you've been seeing it. Uh, across sport i mean we have always had hockey but here comes basketball here comes baseball and it's just great to see and and tennis as well you have bianca Andreescu. so there's so many great canadian athletes coming up it's just awesome to see canadians uh you know get selected in, in drafts and dominate at the highest level doing all of those uh incredible things and and yes uh, you, you mentioned uh, would, have, would have been nice to see the Blue Jays uh, pick a, a good Canadian boy, but I think they did pretty yeah. well in their draft as well. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll cut them some slack there. Technically, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was born in Montreal, so we'll take that for what it is. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, Rick, uh, as I said off the top of this show, we have the Jeff Molson conference call to talk about, and we want to devote a lot of time to talk about the various different things that he said about the – report the rumor about the canadians appointing a president of hockey operations so we'll take a quick break when we come back we're going to discuss jeff molson's near 90 minute conference call where he discussed a wide range of subjects so stay with us here on the canadians connection podcast on rocket sports
0: radio the canadians connection is proud to be a partner of rocket sports media digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jersey, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. Your year-round resource for anything HABs-related. That's allhabs.net.
1: And we're back here on the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. As I said... Uh this week we heard from Jeff Molson, Canadians owner and president. Um so we found out this week that the Montreal Canadians, after we sort of touched on an article from Ray Jean Tremblay suggesting the Canadians could be appointing a president of hockey operations and that it could be Vincent Damphousse. uh Yeah. uh, Jeff Molson put out that fire very quickly and abruptly into uh, just five (laughs) minutes into his conference call. So, uh, uh, and there was a lot of other things he got to, and I should say that, and we're going to get to the season review that he had his comments on the job. Mark Bergevin has done the return to play phase two. There's a lot that he touched on here, but I think it's sort of, we have to lead off with, the president of hockey operations discussion just because that's where he started it all with, with this conference call. And Rick, I I think that this is honestly one of the more interesting things that I've, that I've heard Jeff Molson talk about in his entire tenure. He's been here 11 years. And this is the first time that I remember him saying something this definitive that the Canadians would not be hiring a president of hockey operations. And and he said that all the things that they've accomplished in the last 11 years, he he doesn't really want to do that since his arrival 11 years ago. He has no intentions of hiring any other president of hockey operations. He wants to keep going. He's young and healthy. He says, so Rick, there's a real laundry list of, of reasons why Jeff Molson going to be hiring a president of hockey operations. So what did you make of all of this that came out of this conference call, which I said was nearly 90 minutes.
2: <laughs> well, and and first of all, um, I'll give credit to Jeff Molson for spending 90 minutes uh, on the media, yes. with the yeah. media. And um, uh, it was kind of divided into two. It started with a prepared statement and then he moved into uh, a question and answer phase. And we remembered that, um, you know, the very busy Mark Bergevin who hadn't been uh, hadn't seen hiding her hair of him for three months. And he came in and, but uh, you know, he was only allowed and it was one of Dominic Seance's last, last uh, uh, responsibilities (laughs) was to manage that and said uh, one question only, please Um, no follow-ups. Mark's got to go just 35 minutes and out he went after that time. So I give credit to Jeff Molson uh, for hanging around that long. Now, Having said that, uh, many people said, you know, he really didn't say that much. But um, (laughs) I think it's important for us to go through this step by step because he is he is not only the owner, but he's also the president. And as rare as that is in in the NHL, it means he's the guy setting the vision, uh, approving the strategy. Um, and so uh, you want to listen very carefully, and you want to dissect his words very carefully um, when when uh, when he speaks. Um, the the prepared statements, uh, and and you know, I'm gonna. <laughs> nobody else seems to want to say anything about this, but I'll say it. Um, it was exclusively in French. Yeah. That is bizarre that is utterly bizarre that that you prepare a statement and you sit down with your communications people and whether this is the new influence of paul wilson or what but it was exclusively in a single language that the majority of your players don't understand is yeah. that bizarre or <laughs> is that bizarre um, yeah. I understand, I understand where the Canadians play. I understand that. I understand that at, uh, half of their fans, uh, uh you know, that is their native language. I understand that. But, and, and, and yes, once the, the questions were asked, there was the back and forth in French and English, but why would your prepared statement be only in French? And, you know, I thought, well, well, maybe he doesn't realize or maybe doesn't care about the fans outside of Quebec Maybe he doesn't realize there's so many, but later in the, uh, when he was asked a question about the, you know, their their return uh, as one of these 24 teams, he said, you know, and it gives us a chance to win the Stanley Cup with millions and millions of Montreal Canadiens fans around the world watching. Quote, that's what he said. Uh, so he, the Canadians know there are millions and millions of fans around the world uh, that don't speak the language he was speaking in his prepared statement. That is, um, I, 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 I don't know what to say, what else to say about that. Uh, that's, that's either a message or a real missed opportunity. Um, He he said that uh, and I'll go through this statement and then we're going to get to uh, this this uh, uh, president of hockey operations thing. Um, But in his statement, he said, it's been a long time since we've seen each other. Well, whose fault is that? (laughs) You know, Um, (laughs) and where's your general manager been um, throughout? Um, He said, I'm personally very excited for the playoffs to start. I'm very happy for our players and veterans who will get a chance to play in the playoffs. Correction. They may get a chance to play in the playoffs. (laughs) Our young players who will get playoff experience correction. They may get playoff experience. And I'm also happy for our fans who are going to get a chance to watch playoff hockey this summer. Now, is he saying they're going to get a chance to watch playoff hockey, even if the Canadians are not in the playoffs? He seemed to smudge the lines, and yeah. and that's just disingenuous. Uh, yeah. He's smudging the lines that the Canadians actually made the playoffs. They did not. They were not one of the top 16 teams, um, you know, fourth time in, in, in uh, five years, third year in a row, that they were not one of the, the top 16 teams. Um, and then he went on, and, and he said, okay, I'm going to touch on the situation on the coronavirus. Good. Because it's, it's affected a lot of people. And what did he say? It's something that's had a terrible impact on industries and we're not, and, and it's also impacted us. what about the people? What about the people it's had an effect on? I was, I was stunned by that. Um, But he was focused on his business. Um, He said we were rolling along at a hundred miles an hour before things came to a halt well, your hockey club was not rolling along at a hundred <laughs> miles an hour. It, it had just come off of uh, three straight losses. Uh, when the pause was, was, uh, in effect, 71 points in 71 games, 24th in the NHL, ahead of Buffalo and, and New Jersey, uh, just because they played more games. Um, this team was not rolling along at a hundred miles an hour. Um, so he then he goes on and says, you know, our um, our summer festivals had to be canceled, that that they they run. Um, we're proud of our, the efforts, our efforts to support our employees. We had difficult decisions to make. Uh, did he say I was really sorry to, to see the, having to dismiss long serving employees? Did he, you know, did he? a little shout out yeah. and a tribute to them no he didn't i was like wow <laughs> you're you're pretty focused on on yourself and the organization and then as you said he went on to say he's young and in good health and and <laughs> he's very proud to be the the uh, the ceo well we weren't you know the 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 rumors weren't that you were moving on um, from being the president of hockey operations because you were in ill health or that you were elderly. It was because you're not doing a very good job. Um, <laughs> and, and he doesn't seem to realize that says that they've accomplished a lot during the, the 11 years since he took the position where not on the ice. <laughs> Look at the record, maybe in the, in the, the buildup of, of eventco and, and spectra and the festivals and, and the building of the condo towers and um, and the, the increasing the value from 550 million to over a billion dollars, maybe that's, that's the impressive part. That's the accomplishment, but not on the ice. And, but that, that only serves to say, uh, go ahead and and use all your business expertise to keep fostering those areas, but you've been ignoring what's on the ice. uh and you don't have any experience doing it. Um, yeah. and then he said, there's very few teams that, um, very few teams that have a president of hockey operations. Um, and, and that's where we're going to, to, to part ways <laughs> to, to, uh, to be kind to, to Jeff Molson, because he's just, he's flat out wrong. Um, and, and, and the, the title is irrelevant. I don't care about other teams who have um, a, a title called president of operations. It's separating the business from the hockey side. Yes. And, and what I would like to see is a GM, and we talked about this last, last week, Vincent Damfus was not a, a very good candidate. But that doesn't mean that, that, that we don't agree that there should be a president of hockey operations, um, and, and if he's talking about uh, the, the fact that it's rare, the, his situation, what he's built, the structure that, that he's imposed is extremely rare. Just three teams in the NHL have a president who's also a majority owner. That's Montreal, Buffalo, and Detroit. I, I thought, let's look at the, the teams who are most similar to the Montreal Canadiens. Huge billion-dollar operations. So I went to the Forbes list, and we've got New York, Toronto, Montreal, Chicago, Boston, and L.A. And what's their structure like? Do they have a a separate owner, um, a president who's a hockey guy, and a GM who, of course, is a hockey guy as well? But you look at the Rangers at the top of the Forbes list, $1.65 President John Davidson, is he a hockey guy? Of course he is. Um, GM, Jeff Gordon, you look at the Toronto May police in second president, Brendan Shanahan. Is he a hockey guy? Yes. Separate from the ownership. Yes. GM Kyle Dubas. Uh, then there's the Canadians who have owner and president Jeff Molson. Is he a hockey guy? No, of course not. He has no experience whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and, and he appointed himself, uh, you know uh, he took over in 2009 appointed himself in 2011 over Pierre Bourin, um and he had zero experience and so you have a a owner with zero experience being a, appointing a general manager with zero experience um and um people seem to forget that when Mark Bergevin uh was hired um and that was in in 2012 He was just eight and a half months into being an assistant GM. He had never been a GM and had only been an assistant GM for eight and a half months. He was very inexperienced. So you have two rookies um, in a president and a a general manager stumbling their way around. And no wonder it took them so long to come up with a plan and that reset plan being introduced two years ago. Uh, Continuing down on my list, Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, they did have a president. Uh, they fired him, and that that position is open, and, and there's a search underway, GM Stan Bowman. But looking for a hockey person that would fill that role. And a few weeks ago, we talked about the potential candidates. All were hockey people. Um, next is Boston Bruins, who have a president. Cam Neely, hockey person, of course. GM Don Sweeney. L.A. King's president. Luke Robitaille. Um, uh, had, Molson should know he's a hockey guy uh, yep. with the GM Rob Blake so each of these organizations who are very similar to the Canadians have a hockey guy as a president and a and a GM and it's all separate from ownership uh, uh, Jeff Molson is just flat wrong when he says that uh, their situation is uh, most similar to the rest of the uh, the organization it's 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 wrong. It's wrong, and it shows in that that uh, all of the successes have been on the business side and none on the ice.
1: Yeah, and I agree with with all of what you just said there, and it starts because it is my belief that and Jeff Molson talked about wanting to bring a 25th Stanley Cup championship to Montreal. It is my belief that you cannot do that when there's this entanglement between the business side and the hockey side because ultimately what that does is it the business side is going to influence hockey decisions and that is never a good thing because that leads to making trades with your heart instead of your mind because your heart is thinking about what the business side will be will be like will, the, what fans will want what people will want And that doesn't always work out. Your mind needs to be there first. And that's why you need a hockey mind overseeing these things. And yeah, I think that without that, without that structure, without a hockey guy overseeing the hockey operations department, that it's not going to happen for the Montreal Canadiens. And as you said, very, as Molson pointed out, he said that very few teams do that. I think that if any team should be doing it, If there's anything that the Toronto Maple Leafs are doing that gives them any type of competitive advantage, the Montreal Canadiens should also be doing it because the Montreal Canadiens are the dynasty of dynasties in the NHL. They have 24 Stanley Cups. Anything that helps them win Stanley Cups should be done. And Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, as you pointed out, you said that the ownership and the the hockey side, sports side, two different things and the ownership for the Maple Leafs is neither seen nor heard. You do not hear from them. They are not involved in the hockey decisions in the basketball decisions for the Raptors. They just, they're not involved. And so what you have here in Montreal is Jeff Molson, who is very much involved. And this is something that I've said on this podcast before, were it not for Eugene Melnick in Ottawa, I think a lot of the narratives that surround the level of involvement that Eugene Melnick has and the fact that sometimes he, you know, kind of makes it about him. And with you remember the Mark Borowiecki interview thing that they did on the Senator's Twitter account a little while ago, Uh, it was about a year or so ago now, but regardless, those are the types of things that I think that there would be a little bit more attention on Jeff Molson and his level of involvement in the hockey decisions for this club, were it not, for Eugene Melnick also being in Canada and you you sort of have to think about Eugene Melnick when you think of Canadian owners and especially ones that are incredibly involved. Um, But that's the thing for me. I think that Jeff Molson benefits immensely from that. And one thing that I will say about if the Montreal Canadians were to appoint a president of hockey operations, because he goes and he says that Mark Bergevin is one of the most respected individuals respected gms in the nhl i don't know exactly how how true that is but regardless if there is this level of camaraderie between jeff molson and mark bergevin some people have been suggesting that adding in a president of hockey operations would be to the detriment of mark bergevin that it would undermine the work that he's been doing for the last eight years when you clearly see that there's this type of a relationship between Jeff Molson and Mark Bergevin. I don't think that that is at all the case. I don't think that this would undermine Mark Bergevin. I don't think it would be to his detriment on the contrary. I think this would be to his benefit to have somebody at the end of a fifth season where the four seasons, four year, uh four seasons in the last five years, you're not involved in the playoffs. And every time Mark Bergevin speaks to the media you can You can tell that he does not want to be answering the questions that he is answering. It would give Mark Bergevin somebody over him to answer those questions and Jeff Molson also doesn't have to step in front of the camera and tell people why the Montreal Canadians aren't involved in the in a traditional playoffs the sixteen team playoffs and as you said yeah the twenty four team format the first round is the qualification round is not technically the playoffs, so he was wrong in saying that but this is all to me. I think adding in somebody, adding in another voice, would be beneficial. But even then, unless something dramatic happens, I don't think that this that it potentially would be to the detriment of Mark Bergervan. I think that Mark Bergervan, if there's anything you take away from, especially now, given that Molson is not going to hire anybody, it's that Mark Bergervan is is safe somehow. He's safe, even though the Montreal Canadiens. 71 points through 71 games. It was not going to be a very pretty picture for the Montreal Canadiens. But as I said, a couple weeks ago, they have benefited immensely from all of this. And and they're taking this opportunity to really blur the lines that this is the playoffs that they have qualified for the playoffs and uh, they're letting people know about it. But to me, once the only way that the Montreal Canadiens are going to get to where Jeff Molson wants them to get to is if there is, a hockey guy leading the hockey department in these decisions because that that's what it takes. And you see that with the, the names, the teams that you mentioned uh, the level of success. And and another one that I'll throw out there is Vegas with George McPhee, Kelly McCrimmon is the uh, general manager. So it's, it it is done. It is done. It's not simply, Oh, teams don't do that. So we're not going to do that. There are teams that have them. Some teams have guys that are both the president of hockey operations and the general manager, like, Dale Talon in Florida or Ken Holland in Edmonton, but okay, I don't know. The, yeah, just, exactly. Just Stanley so are, Cup winners, that's all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, just guys that have got amazing resumes and are actually the most respected at what they do. <laughs> but Rick, uh, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll move on a little bit, I guess, here. But is there anything else well, you want to touch on with this? Well,
2: I, I, Yeah, I just want to support what you said here because um, this, this safety seems to be um, what what they're after and and you know uh mark bergevin certainly didn't want to ask and answer any questions and and, yeah (laughs) uh we'll remind you how snarky he was uh and how curt and short his answers were uh from his press conference and you know there's this whole notion that got started with him and tarian about uh foxhole buddies um, well, <laughs> it, it seems like uh, Molson and, and Bergevin are pretty tight in that regard, and they're they're circling the wagons. And, and that's you know, the quote from Molson where he said, I don't really have to prove myself. I've been doing this for 11 years, and I'm confident yeah. in my ability. When have you ever heard of a, 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 a man of that stature with the amount of money, with the position, with – uh act so defensively uh he knows i mean he said um you know uh he talked about the, this plan and and let's remind everybody they had they had a terrible plan or no plan for the first <laughs> how many years and and now they get a chance to say okay let's forget about all those early years when we were both rookies both uh, Mark Bergeron and, and Jeff Molson were rookies and we were learning on the job and forget all that nonsense that we did at the beginning. We came up with a plan two years ago. Um, well, the Montreal, this is the Montreal Canadians, as you said, 24 Stanley cup winners. What are they doing with a rookie president? What are they doing with a rookie GM? It's not an expansion team. The Canadians should be able to go out and hire the best GM, the best president, uh, who really sincerely has, uh, wants to pursue a, a 25th Stanley Cup. Um, I thought that, that Molson was really wishy-washy when he said, well, maybe we'll have the cup one day again. <laughs> and I thought, wow, that, that's not – that's and, and for him to say uh, the plan, and he's talking about the plan two years ago, has been well executed despite some performance issues we had this season well it's not well executed if you had performance issues It's not well executed at all and we understand the plan. We understand that that um, you want to give hope to your fan base you want to to build within you want to build from the draft, you want to uh, develop your your prospects but that has that the whole uh, trick of being an effective g m is the timing of the issue making sure that your prospects mature and, and reach their potential before your veterans are well beyond theirs. And um, I don't, I don't think that Molson and Bergevin have really thought of that, have really meshed those two. Um, It's, it's, that's, that's where their, their plan starts to break down is because they wasted so much time at the beginning Uh, And the only success they had was based on the backs of the previous GMs. Uh, That's the only success that the Canadians have had in, in Bergevin's time Um, that, that, that your, your veterans were aging during that time or what, what uh, your, your core was aging to become veterans. And, and, and you are wasting time um, and, and it's going to be difficult getting those two to, to, mesh together um i uh, i was really really disappointed in uh, just about everything he said uh because i don't think that he has um a very good handle on it um he talked about um the season you know well uh we had some um some issues we had two eight game losing streaks uh, but those injuries and i don't want to use it as an excuse but you know those injuries and that's We've talked about it before. The Canadians, um, you know, he said we didn't have the depth to ob- overcome the injuries. Of Paul Byron? Of Jonathan Drouin? Um, I mean, the, look at the Pittsburgh Penguins. We've said before, the Canadians were 15th in the league in, inju- in injury impact. Um, they, that's, that's a fault of, of your general manager. That's a fault of your president of hockey operations. Um, that's wrong. The only other thing I'm going to say, and, and that's because we spent a fair bit of time on it, um, last week. And that was about their, uh, the Canadians going out while well, group CH going out and, and pursuing financial assistance from the government. Um, also found out from last week, remember there was that, uh, uh, the sale, uh, of, uh, of ENCO um to live nation um i found out that that was a hundred and fifty million dollar uh windfall that was just received at the beginning of the year so um there's a fair bit of of money that came in there um but uh jeff molson when he was asked about that he said um that's why we want support because it's always been there hmm that's why we want to report, because it's always been there. In fact, <laughs> he's saying they've never said no to us, so we thought we'd ask again. So there, he said, you know, the concerts are free. Well, no, the concerts aren't free. It's other taxpayers who are paying for people to go to concerts, essentially. It's this redistribution of the taxpayers' money um, and, uh, and giving it to others. It's... Um, uh, for a businessman, I was really disappointed to hear him say, well, um, we, we thought we'd raise government's coffers because um, uh, they've never said no before. Um, and again, it's putting him and his organization as a priority financially. I w- just wish he would hire somebody uh, that would would put the, the Canadians' hockey product Uh, you know as a as as the top priority and and getting that ultimate prize of the Stanley Cup Um, was I peeved (laughs) yes that's (laughs) obvious uh, because I was expecting better of of the Montreal Canadiens
1: yeah and I think that that's I think everyone's well within their rights to expect that from the Montreal Canadiens given their illustrious history they they should be the uh, you know head and shoulders above the rest when it comes to their hockey department. But uh, you said something there that I thought was pretty interesting. It was like, you look at the core that has aged very quickly. I mean, it, it doesn't take long in sports for that to happen. And I was just thinking I have a working theory now that every time August 16th comes around, maybe that's a date on the calendar, the Montreal Canadiens dread just a little bit, because that's, that means carry price is one year older and that window closing pretty rapidly with Carey Price. So, it, you know, obviously he is a phenomenal goaltender and I think could be a phenomenal goaltender well into uh, his thirties, but yeah, it's, it's June 13th now. So <laughs> Carey Price will soon be 33 years old. So that puts things in perspective there as to where the Montreal Canadians are with this current plan. And that you're right in saying that it doesn't really look like it's, it's thought about the fact that Carey Price and Shea Weber are both, you know, aging. Um, so, that's part of it as well. Um, But Rick, yeah, quite a lot to unpack there out of that conference call from, uh, with Jeff Molson, Uh, as I said, 90, 90 minutes. And and you nailed everything there with, with the return to play, the season review, the, you know, asking for the government for uh, financial support. It's yeah, they, they really touched on a wide range of subjects. And uh, just one of them was the president of hockey operations. and, that report from Ray Jean Tremblay uh, being denied. But uh, yeah, so Rick, uh, we'll take uh, just a quick break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. And when we come back, we'll wrap this thing up. Stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio.
0: Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, An experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas, sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around, allhabs.net.
1: And we're back here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Here on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow me on Twitter at joela19. You can follow Rick at All Habs. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. Uh, so, Rick uh we yeah we we've had a lozenge we've had our fisherman's friend we've had our water, and now we're ready to go for segment three <laughs> uh but yeah we have a, a couple of we have an email a text uh we have some some things to get to here and, and one of which concerns a topic that we touched on last week which which is really interesting
2: well this um this comes from trevor and um and Trevor doesn't tell us where he's from. But uh, it was uh, received at our, our Rocket Sports text line, that text line, 5853ROCKET, five, five, uh, five eight three five three rocket I better say that again, 5853ROCKET. Five, five, um, yeah. And you can text us 24 hours a day, and we're always glad to hear from you. You can reach out to us on Twitter, you can reach out uh, on the Facebook, uh, the All Habs uh, fan page on Facebook, uh, just search for All Habs there. Uh, but Trevor says, um, last week you mentioned that there's been talk about making uh, January to August, uh, the January to August hockey schedule permanent. That's, uh, okay, I'll censor that. That's not really a good idea, says Trevor. <laughs> uh, that's theft, he says. Is it really possible? Yeah. Um, what do you think about, uh, rather than our traditional September, October to August, to, uh, Uh, april or uh, extending into may june moving it to january to uh, august we talked last week that there's uh, there's some um, owners uh, who would like to see that uh, happen um, so it doesn't uh, conflict with uh, or compete let's say with nfl football and 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 other things what do you what do you think about uh, is that is is can we would we ever see that
1: I mean, I don't, I don't know if we'll ever see it because I feel like this is the way that it's been done, that you start in October, everyone waits, all hockey fans wait just desperately for October to come so they can watch hockey games. So pushing it to December, even if it does finish in August, I think that would, that would even still be a long wait for hockey fans. But for the the sake of the ratings that we talked about when Max Kellerman was discussing that the ratings don't do much in the United States uh, for hockey because uh, and what he neglected to mention was that it does run concurrently with the NFL to a point and with the NBA all season long. So if you are to extend, you know, that window where you're not competing all season long with the N- with the NBA, I think that there's some benefit to that and I think that the owners are well within their rights to look at that as being a reason why perhaps the ratings in the United States aren't what you'd like them to be. Um, But yeah, I mean, I understand that there would be some, as there is with any change of any kind, there's always going to be a little bit of trepidation, but I think that this would be something that would be generally positive um, for the NHL and for the growth of the game.
2: Yeah. I think that there's going to be, um, this this may um this may be a, there may be a division at the border on this um for for most Canadians um summer is extremely short and yeah. you have uh, june to august and um you know that's it and so that that it fits our schedule our canadian schedule uh very well to have hockey uh up until june um, you have, uh, the, the summer to, uh, enjoy, um, whether you're at home, whether you go to the, uh, the cottage, um, and, and, um, I don't, I don't see Canadians, uh, um, uh, with, with such a short period to enjoy the outdoors, um, uh, you know, following the, the hockey as, as, um, as especially being a winter sport, um, yeah. uh, I, I just, I just don't see it. Now, uh, does Gary Bettman care about that? Probably not. I mean, he, he <laughs> scheduled free agency day on our Canada Day. Uh, he'd never do yeah. that on Independence Day. He doesn't seem to care about uh, much about Canada, and um, Winnipeggers will tell you all about that. Oh, uh, yeah. But, but um, I just don't. I just don't see it. Can it happen? Sure. Will the? Will some of the American owners push it? Yes. Um, will it happen? I. Boy, I don't know. This this one is kind of a toss up for
1: me. Yeah, and and it would be hard to envision it. Like, I don't know if I'd ever get used to. Okay, it's December, whatever it would be, December third, fourth, whatever. It's time for you know the hockey night, op- uh, the opening night in, in the NHL. I don't know if I'd ever get used to that. But yeah, it's it's there. There are concerns, I guess, but we'll see. <laughs> for now, we'll see. Uh, so thanks
2: look, thanks to Trevor, yeah, uh, and uh, we've got a couple of others, but um, I also wanted to, uh, while we still have time here, I wanted to read a tweet, um, and this is Brad uh, Zuckerman, or Brad Zuckerman, uh, Brad, you're going to have to tell us uh, how to pronounce your last name, yeah. uh, we mentioned Brad uh, last week, and uh, so he, uh, he uh, sent a, a, te- a tweet, sorry, to uh, Habs Connection, that's at Habs Connection, he said, thanks for the shout-out on Habs Connection this weekend. Another great listen from one of the few podcasts that has the cojones to call out the Canadians when necessary. <laughs> and um, we talked about, we, we focused on the media last week, and you might want to go back and listen to that uh, episode if you miss, missed it. And there's reasons why the why the rest of the media uh, may not uh, uh, have the the fortitude uh, the intestinal fortitude to uh yeah. challenge uh the the uh, the canadians uh they they are more like lemmings and reading from the script uh, otherwise they'll get uh stomped on so um thanks for that brad and uh thanks for the uh the shout out and uh we're always happy to hear from uh, our listeners
1: absolutely <clears throat> excuse me that's why we call ourselves the canadians connection podcast love to connect with our listeners but uh Rick, uh, you mentioned that in in the break, after I mentioned that it was Carey Price's birthday, August 16th, there's some pretty significant dates uh, for for June 12th and and June – well, June 12th, actually. So we just passed June 12th, and that would be the one-year anniversary of the St. Louis Blues winning the Stanley Cup. Which I don't think we'll ever hear the end of from, particularly Montreal Canadiens fans when they say that. Well, they were last place in January and then they won the Stanley Cup, uh, <laughs> but we'll always remember that because that is historic and amazing. Um, but also, we're on three months now of this paused NHL season, which wow, that that time has certainly flown.
2: Three months uh, of of no hockey, and we're starting yeah. to get some trickle back uh, to the to the rinks now it's going to be another month we're going to be at the four month mark uh we learned before um there's going to be any kind of formal training camp uh with that starting on july 10th so um it's uh yeah this time um we're in we're in june when we're we're typically awarding the stanley cup but it it uh, looks like uh uh we'll only be resuming our our season with uh the Stanley Cup, when does that? When will the Stanley Cup, probably in October, uh, the, the yeah. Stanley Cup will be awarded this year if we return at all.
1: That's going to be really weird. <laughs> <laughs> that is going to be weird. But, hey, I mean, hockey fans have been waiting for it. And I'm, sur- I'm sure there are lots of teams that uh, would like to resume this season and, and thought that they had a really good chance to win it. So they'll probably be looking forward to it. Uh, But, Rick, uh, before we sign off for another week here, we've been doing the Bracket Challenge here on the Canadians Connection podcast, and it's been on our Twitter account, at Habs Connection on Twitter. Um, So this week there was a little bit of of feedback that we got. There's maybe a little bit of confusion as to what exactly we're doing here with the Bracket Challenge. Um, So we're trying to do this in like an NCAA you know, March Madness style type thing where we have the forwards division, we have the defenseman's division, we have the goaltenders division, and we have a wild card division that we are going to uh, fill up with guys that didn't play for a, a very long period of time but had, you know, potentially some big impacts, you know, um, and I think that'll really generate some interesting conversation. But regardless, so we had Andre Markov face off against Roman Hammerlick, and it was very decisive as is, as was the case when Zaku Koivu faced off against Oleg Petrov. Um, It's kind of difficult when it's not actually like, you know, there's the more chance of an, of an upset happening in an actual sports game where you have, you know, two teams just going up against each other and you could see an upset. It could happen Uh, in this. It's a little, you know, it's a little bit more difficult to see that because you're, you're talking about, the best players that have ever played for the Montreal Canadians. And, and they're going up against guys that are seated a little bit lower in their, in their first round matchup, but then we get into really interesting matchups. And so we we've got a template of what we've completed so far in the bracket challenge, the forward division, which Zach Koivu won, where started with the defenseman uh, Andre Markoff is through uh, round one. And I believe the same is true of, of Shea Weber at this point but we we've got that completed so far, so we'll 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 tweet that out a little bit later on from the at habs connection Canadians connection Twitter account at Habs connection. We'll tweet that out a little bit later to give you an idea of what it is that we are we are trying to do here
2: <laughs> and uh, a lot of credit to you and and to Mike for putting that all together and um and yeah we'll we'll uh, pull back the curtain a bit and and show you uh, exactly how that how those brackets are panning out and and uh, how they all fit together and how this works.
1: Absolutely. And, and, yeah, we love as we said, we love to connect with our listeners via social media. You can follow at Habs Connection. You can like the All Habs fan page on Facebook um, and connect with us that way. And Rick said the text line 5853ROCKET, any, any way you would like. But, yes, as we said, the Canadians Connection Bracket Challenge is uh, going on on Twitter, at Habs Connection. Follow that account. And you'll get all the polls and, and we'll, we'll keep having this really interesting conversation uh, about the NHL, about the Montreal Canadiens players of the 2000s that, that really don't get a lot of attention when you're talking about the franchise's illustrious history. So uh, that, that'll continue to be very interesting. But uh, Rick, uh, anything you'd like to say before we sign off for another week here on the Canadians Connection podcast?
2: Well, I'll just thank you again uh, for joining us, joining us here on the Habs Connection. Um, also, uh, be sure to listen to our other podcast that's uh, from the Press Box, where we focus on prospects, the AHL, and uh, and all the uh, the, uh, the junior leagues. Um, and that's with uh, Amy Johnson and myself. Comes out every Tuesday. Uh, it's easy for you to find that just uh, on your favorite podcast app. Uh, search for rocket sports radio rocket sports radio and be sure to subscribe uh because we've got lots of stories that we're uh, preparing for uh from the press box on tuesday and and even we've got we had we were talking about uh uh before the show started the number of issues that uh, and stories that we have uh that uh we're already preparing <laughs> for next week's habs connection um it, you might have heard that uh the, the topic of third jerseys is coming up if you have a a favorite third Jersey uh, you might want to uh, comment on that before next week's show. And I'm sure it'll be part of our discussion.
1: Absolutely. We look forward to next week's show where you can join us again, 1 PM Eastern, 2:30 Newfoundland time to listen live or as Rick said, it'll be on your favorite podcast app, whether it's overcast, it's TuneIn, tune in Spotify, Google play, just search for rocket sports radio and hit the subscribe button. You get this podcast and from the press box, as he said, so we'll be back with you next week, 1 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 Newfoundland time. Thank you for tuning in to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio.
0: For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at HabsConnection and visit allhabs.net.